I'm Theo. And I'm Juliet. And this is Apologies Accepted. We offer an entertaining look at some of the big issues in history by examining public apologies of the famous and infamous. We're looking at politicians, serial killers, actors, and you. Send us a public apology you would like to make, and we'll read it on the air and give you a chance to redeem yourself or just get some guilt off your shoulders. We're here for you. Once a week, maybe more if you're really, really sorry. Apologies accepted. The, the podcast. podcast. And I'm not Theo. And I'm not Juliet. I had to double I, check a minute to make sure I wasn't Theo. And I had to say your name weird because you went, the podcast. And I was like, <laughs> oh, that's cute. Oh, she's changing things up. <laughs> oh, variety is the spice of life, they say. Um, all right. So <laughs> what's shaking bacon? What's shaking bacon? Um, as I complained to you in our pre-show, nothing but work. So boo. Um, boo. I have a very dear friend who sent me a text in the middle of my work day. Right. So problem number one, don't text uh-huh. me in the middle of the day. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, his cat had died. And oh, no. so, yeah. And so I stopped working and I picked up the phone and I called him. And I was like, you know, oh, you know, tell me what happened. And so, so we did, and the kitty just died in its sleep, um, and probably of old age. And the kitty was about fourteen, and I thought cats lived to twenty, and they do. So sometimes. did my friend. Well, I thought that was the average life of a cat, like twenty to twenty-two. Oh. But um, according to his vet, no, you know, good fifteen is kind of. Okay. Kind of good, kind of real good for a cat. So, all right, cool. Um, and then I called him that night when I was done because I figured, you know, it's his first night alone and and missing the cat and just how right. weird that is when you're so used to having your pet with you. Sorry, everybody yeah. who's lost a pet, you're going to cry now. And, and then you're all alone, right? And so oh, yeah. I called him and complained about work. <laughs> i'm sure that cheered him up to brighten his night yeah yeah i know uh-huh. you're sad but you could be sadder you ready <laughs> you could have my job you could have my Look job on the bright side Mr. yeah friend with dead cat um yeah so that's Funny. kind of been it for the week except that um i noticed that i am feeling not that i'm feeling older but I'm noticing that references to things I understand are yeah. couched in terms of, could you believe back a thousand years ago? I'm like, <laughs> oh, wow, that was I know. a long, yeah, whoa. And I so know. I'm starting to feel real Grandpa Simpson, you know? I just started feeling really old in the past couple of years, and it's sort of, I guess it's sort of a similar thing. It's just uh, I've been noticing not just that, um, I'm slowing down a little bit, but that everything, all my references are out of date and I don't have any idea what's going on and what the kids these days are talking about. So I can look at a newspaper and I don't know what any of these names are. And I don't I know don't who these care. people are. And not only that, exactly, not only that, but even worse, I don't even care. I'm not going to try to find out. I'm not interested. It's just absolutely no, no meaning for me. And when I do find out, it's just stupid. Yeah, exactly. It's so stupid. It's so stupid. (laughs) 
<laughs> I guess our news was just as stupid, but we were more into it for whatever no. reason. No, no, no. It was really good and super yeah. smart and still very timely. And yes, yeah. even today. The, the kids today could really learn a thing or two from us. They could. Listen, kids. <laughs> um, how does it go? It's back in my day, we wore an onion on our belt and we called <laughs> ourselves onion boys. We would say, how they swing an onion boy? I'll give you two buffaloes for a nickel. Right. That's what we called I can't, I forget. I don't remember it either, but yeah. Yeah. That was the style at the time. That, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, at least we can laugh at ourselves about it. Right, right. Right. And we recognize it's going on. It's not the world's getting faster or that people are getting dumber, although they are. It's it's just the natural progression of life. And time, and soon our time will be up. And then then we'll be reborn. No more worries, Right. Um, so on that happy note, um, I uh, my, what's shaking bacon for me since you asked? Um, not oh, a whole yeah. lot. <laughs> I'm so old, I forgot. You forgot. It slipped your mind. Um, not a whole lot going on. It's been nice weather here in San Francisco. Um, got nothing to talk about. I was going to go to Italy for a month. I had decided that I was going to um, book a. I did book a, a an apartment for a month in in Siena, Italy, where I've been before. And uh, a really nice place with a view of the Campo. Um, but now I'm thinking twice about it. And uh, my husband is not entirely sure it's a good idea to fly with COVID. And we don't know what the situation is going to be like in May. So I'm rethinking it. So so I don't know. So that's kind of a bummer. Um, also, there was something else I was going to talk about. Oh, yeah. Also a bummer. I seem to have gained a pound somehow, which is really frustrating. And I'm spending enough money that I should not be having to gain any weight. So, I agree. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, all this effort and time, and I'm eating less than 1,200 calories a day, and I have not gone over that at any point in the last month, um, I should not be gaining weight. That is just wrong. I need to complain to somebody. Maybe it was really humid and your hair picked up like a pound of water from the air? Well, I had just showered, and usually I don't shower before I weigh myself. So it is possible that there was a pound of water in my hair. So I don't know, but it, next time I get on that scale, I'm supposed to weigh myself every day, which is excruciating. I mean, it's, I just can't. I, I just can't do it every day. But I have this stupid app. I'm supposed to fill out the weight every single day, and it reminds me every day. And if I don't do it, it says, "Do you want to catch up?" No, I don't want to catch up. I don't want to know what I weigh every single day because it's going to go up and down like this. That's just the way it is, right? It, when you well, lose yeah. weight, sometimes you lose a lot of weight, sometimes you lose no weight, sometimes you even gain a pound. And I, I don't want to know that. I just want to weigh myself like once a week and have it constantly be going down. Well, that yes, <laughs> even that, that is a lot to ask. I will say, because uh, I always have something to say, that my uh, favorite trainer in the world, Jan, had told me, scale weight, don't even worry about it. It's all about how your clothes fit, and it's about noticing increase in strength. So when you pull open a door, does it open a lot easier? Then wow, but don't worry about about your, your weight. And I wish she was here now to tell me that. It is great advice, but, you know, also, hi, here I am. (laughs) Do you still use Jan or is she not? Oh, no. Yeah, no, that was Long Beach. That was, oh, yeah. Oh, Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm sure she's in a wheelchair somewhere. Like you still see her every day. (laughs) I do in my mind, in my memory. What would Jan say about this? Yeah. 
So, um, was Jan a lesbian by any chance? Because <laughs> <laughs> today we're going to talk about lesbians. <laughs> and not that lesbians are funny because, you know, they, they are, what's the word I'm looking for? Notoriously known for having zero sense of humor. No, are I'm they? totally kidding about that. Oh, well. <laughs> what? See, the short answer is, um, there's the stereotype in the gay community that oh. gay guys are fun and flighty and so comical and that lesbians are good at fixing things. And that's kind oh. of all anybody knows about them because they're very secretive and private. Um, <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, but I will say that one of my favorite jokes I heard from a lesbian. Uh -oh. um, yes. And so <laughs> you ready? Yes. What does a lesbian Maybe. bring on a first date? A U-Haul. Uh, um, it gets a big laugh in the girl bars. Um, you don't go to girl bars. Not anymore. But when I lived in Long Beach, walking distance from my house, like three blocks, there yeah. was a uh, there was a lesbian bar, and I would go in sometimes on like Saturday if I was spending the weekend at home. Like maybe I was uh -huh. having a poor boy weekend where it's like I don't uh -huh. have a lot of money. And then I'd walk down to the girl bar and I'd like have a beer and hang out for a bit. And it was just nice to like be around people and feel like, yeah, got some life and money yeah. and just yeah. spent five of my $20, yeah. 20 remaining dollars on a beer. Cool. Um, yeah. I remember those days. Yeah. And not, you know, I won't say like I went there every weekend, but I, I went often enough that one of the regulars at the bar christened me a dyke tyke oh i didn't know that was a phrase that's so cute i had never heard that before i thought it was really cute and i was like yeah and then after that i quit going to the bar not because i was so like i don't want to be a dyke tyke <laughs> but i got a raise at work no i just sort of like whatever happens in life you know it wasn't yeah. it wasn't a big component of my life but it was right. there and i would go and i always had a nice time um because basically the girls left me alone and, right. and would take a straight girl and put her in a quiet gay bar in the afternoon and same exactly. experience. Yeah. It's like, exactly. I can just hang out here and have a nice time. And if I ask you what time it is, it does not mean anything other than I'm too drunk exactly. to read the clock on the wall. <laughs> What's that? What time is it? <laughs> That's what would happen today if you went to a gay bar, yeah. a lesbian bar, a girl bar. Um, yeah, so uh, it, it, let's let's jump let's, right into our topic, uh, since we've already alluded to it, uh, sort of. And made fun really, of it. And made fun of lesbians, which we're sorry for doing. <laughs> In mid-December 2019, Hallmark, Hallmark apologized for removing from the air four television ads by Zola.com, or Zola, that featured brides kissing each other. Zola had produced six ads for the Hallmark Channel, most of which featured a same-sex couple along with straight couples, but one ad focused on just the lesbian couple. So these ads were met with unsurprising pushback from the right wing, and Hallmark caved, pulling four of these ads. In this case, a conservative group called One Million Moms had published a petition opposing the ads. One Million Moms says its mission is the fight against indecency, which just makes me sick. Um, and it is a division of the Conservative American Family Association, which the Southern Poverty Law Center has designated as a hate group. So at first, um, Hallmark told the Associated Press that the company found the debate surrounding the commercials to be, quote, distracting. 
The Hallmark brand is never going to be, be divisive, said Molly Bywer, the senior vice president for public affairs and communications. We don't want to generate controversy. We've tried very hard to stay out of it. We just felt it was in the best interest of the brand to pull the ads and not continue to generate controversy. Which is a really, um, I think, disingenuous and, and also chicken shit response. Um, and a Hallmark spokesperson told The Hollywood Reporter, the debate surrounding these commercials on all sides was distracting from the purpose of our network, which is to provide entertainment value. Which, like, whatever. I mean... Well, right. And the debate's distracting and right. not our content choices that are creating issues leading to distraction. It's your response is the problem. Exactly. Exactly. So Glad soon gave a statement in response. Um, if you don't know, Glad is an American LGBTQ media advocacy organization, which was founded in response to the New York Post defamatory and sensationalized HIV and AIDS coverage in 1985. And talk about being old. I remember when Glad was founded. So, Oh, wow. Um, I do not. And I'm don't? the one that should. <laughs> I lived in Hollywood and I'm gay, but I was too busy being gay in Hollywood to pay attention not to it. Not in 1985, you weren't. Oh, that's true. No, yeah. you're still in high school. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how sad. Oh, well, okay. wow. You might have graduated high school in 1985. But. Well, but even still, you're right. I was not in Hollywood in 1985 <laughs> at all by any stretch, not even in my no. own imagination. So no. you remember my history better than I do. <laughs> wow. Maybe you are uh, Theo. I was in high school with you, so that's how I know. Um, yes. Although I had graduated by 1985, that's how old I am. Um, so Glass president Sarah Kate Ellis gave the following statement to The Hollywood Reporter. The Hallmark Channel's decision to remove LGBTQ families in such a blatant way is discriminatory and especially hypocritical, coming from a network that claims to present family programming and also recently stated they are, quote, open to LGBTQ holiday movies. As so many other TV and cable networks showcase, LGBTQ families are part of family programming. Advertisers on the Hallmark Channel should see this news and question whether they want to be associated with a network that chooses to bow to fringe anti-LGBTQ activist groups, which exist solely to harm LGBTQ families. So surprisingly to me, Hallmark Cards reconsidered and on December 15th posted a statement and I'm going to read you the statement because it's their apology. Earlier this week, a decision was made at Crown Media Family Networks to remove commercials featuring a same-sex couple. The Crown Media team has been agonizing over this decision, as we've seen the hurt it has unintentionally caused. Said simply, they believe this was the wrong decision. Our mission is rooted in helping all people connect, celebrate traditions, and be inspired to capture meaningful moments in their lives. Anything that detracts from this purpose is not who we are. We are truly sorry for the hurt and disappointment this has caused. Hallmark is and always has been committed to diversity and inclusion, both in our workplace as well as the products and experiences we create. It is never Hallmark's intention to be divisive or generate controversy. We are an inclusive company and have a track record to prove it. We have LGBTQ greeting cards and feature LGBTQ couples in commercials. We have been recognized as one of the human rights campaign's best places to work and as one of Forbes America's best employers for diversity. 
We have been a progressive pioneer on television for decades, telling wide-ranging stories that elevate the human spirit, such as August Wilson's The Piano Lessons and Cullum Tobin's The Blackwater Lightship. Yes, we have, which... I have to jump in here. Go I, ahead. We, I can name two shows that uh -huh. feature people of color, and I'm going to do it now in my apology to prove that we feature people <laughs> of color. Here are the two shows. Here they are. Here's proof. Yes, yeah. you're right. Yeah. Oh, I can't uh, argue with you. Uh, and, and uh, yes, and, and I love that he is going to argue the point that the Hallmark Channel is about diversity and inclusion because uh -huh. it is the every fucking show is snow, Christmas, white. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Right. Anyway, I'll shut up. Um, no, you're right. I'm not going to argue with you. Um, but the point that he's making is the opposite. <laughs> exactly. Well, he's arguing and I'm just like, do you watch your own channel? Yeah. Well, they have two two uh, two TV shows or two movies that they've shown that are, are uh, both of which highlight the importance of tolerance and understanding. So it may not be uh, tolerance and understanding of, of anything that we're talking about here, but uh, tolerance and understanding, yay. Um, Hallmark will be working with GLAAD to better represent the LGBTQ community across our portfolio of brands. The Hallmark Channel will be reaching out to Zola to reestablish our partnership and reinstate the commercials. Across our brands, we will continue to look for ways to be more inclusive and celebrate our differences. So that was Mike Perry, who was president and CEO of Hallmark Cards, Inc., Right, uh, which then owns the Hallmark Channel, and however all of these multimedia things are are arranged, uh, right. because there's Crown Media that owns the Hallmark Channel, and then the card company, which is the big parent. But yeah, I mean, in short, there's just a lot of uh, a lot of money involved in a lot of different companies that generate a lot of money. A lot of money, yeah. Um uh, and Zola's chief marketing officer, Mike Chi, responded to the, the statement from Hallmark. Uh, we were deeply troubled when Hallmark rejected our commercials for featuring a lesbian couple celebrating their marriage and are relieved to see that decision was reversed. We are humbled by everyone who showed support not only for Zola, but for all the LGBTQ couples and families who expressed their love on their wedding day and every day. And who buy cards. And who buy cards. Yeah, and spend their money on our on our wedding network um so hallmark has since aired christmas films starring gay couples including 2020's the christmas house and the christmas setup which were the first hallmark gay-led holiday-themed rom-coms in 2021 the lesbian hallmark film every time a bell rings aired in multiple tweets related to every time a bell rings hallmark signals support for diversity in its films our priority is to develop a diverse mix of content, characters, and narratives in order to create a Hallmark experience where everyone feels welcome, read one tweet. Yeah, so many thoughts. Um, uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, I don't even know where to, where, I do, well, I don't know where to start. I really don't. Um, I like the Hallmark Channel. I've never seen it. It's, it's very vanilla background, feel good cozy nice and it's comforting and there's a lot I that i like all about white it. straight people mostly oh well it's a thousand percent uh white straight people and so the right. typical formula is uh you have a, a white female who is living in an urban environment and something calls her back to her small town home uh -huh. right where her parents own a bakery or her single mother whose father just died at the bakery, right? Or the <laughs> Christmas tree farm. And yeah. so 
this woman from the city. I mean, if you don't know this formula, I'm so excited to share it with you. So the woman from the city <laughs> is usually a high power attorney who's been sacrificing her personal life for her career, uh-huh. right? Uh-huh. Super rich, she's got 12 degrees, and I've argued before the Supreme Court, but I'm in here learning to make donuts with my mom because she can't uh-huh. find anybody to help her in the bakery, and the bakery's going to go out of business. And then there's a competing bakery across town of the two moms that both own the bakeries used to be best friends, but now they're not talking to each other because there's some hurt feelings over a stolen recipe. Uh-huh. And the son of the other baker who uh-huh. never left town, always stayed home because he's a good, what do they call him? Hometown, hometown kid? boy? Yeah, know. whatever. Something like that, right? He he stayed in a small town. And so the big, powerful female attorney is always running into him and like, oh, you build your coffee on my expensive shoes. How dare uh-huh. you, right? Uh-huh. And he just stands there and he's like, I'm so sorry. And he's just so good looking. And she's like, I hate him, but I'm going to lick this coffee off my shoes later. <laughs> Because he's so sexy. <laughs> I'm anyway, sure that happens. It does. And then and then whatever, like the the daughter figures out what the complication was, the misunderstanding about the stolen recipe, and then the two moms become friends, and then she gets to marry the son of the other baker, and they live happily forever in the same small town where they now run the only bakery in town, right? And so that's typically how it happens. And then you're like, well, Theo, okay, what about the people of color? The other formula in every Hallmark movie is there is the sidekick best friend who's the gay guy or Uh the black girl, right? Uh Sometimes it is the black guy, right? And then they have a very standard role to play. Everybody knows the sassy black best friend, right? Or the the black best guy friend who's totally into sports, right? Uh-huh. And they maybe, maybe, maybe you get uh, two minutes of screen time. But I somehow see. in that two minutes, the, the black character manages to have a story arc that mirrors what's happening in the larger straight white movie. And, you know, the sassy black best friend uh, is having her own romantic problems and uh-huh. she can commiserate with, yeah, I hate that other Baker guy too. He's awful. My <laughs> boyfriend did this thing to me and we broke up. But then they get back together again. But again, all that happens in two minutes. And and that's the diversity and inclusion that I have witnessed in the Hallmark Channel. Yeah, they did put out the gay Christmas movie, which I felt was pretty unwatchable. Um, I sort of tried. Not I wasn't like, oh, yay, something for me. <laughs> You know, I've grown up in this culture, so it's like I can appreciate that two people fall in love and they can be opposite sex people. And I am just as invested in their relationship as as I am in my own. (laughs) But, yeah, the the Hallmark Channel represents a a version of idealized American life that is disappearing um, and and for reasons. Because yeah. it's not about inclusion. It's it's about being completely unaware that there are other people in the world who are different from you right. and your baker husband. Right. Yep. Uh, and well, coming from that culture, I find those things comforting. Um. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> no, but it's like, okay, Theo, how can you watch that? If you know, if I know that that's like what's going on. Right. 
that that the writers in the writing room are so unaware of the or maybe they're very aware of the formula that they're following and they're like uh her best friend samantha needs to be now the funky black girl and you know right. let's give her six lines maybe may, you know being cynical here maybe they're very well aware of that i'm sure um, they are but i like to think not because you know again it is just it's when when they frosting those donuts together so sweet and they and and their hands touch and they're like, oh my god, we're in love. Yeah, it is sweet. <laughs> it's just reminding me of that um, story arc in Schitt's Creek, which because I'm watching Schitt's Creek now, the um, best. where um, uh, David and what's her name, the girl that owns the motel, both fall in love with the same guy. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I don't know why it's reminding me of that, but that was funny. No, he was funny. Anyway, um, so after Hallmark's. After Hallmark's LGBTQ films came out, Netflix followed with Single All the Way, which was their first gay rom-com in 2021. And uh, exciting news, the first gay rom-com by a major studio, it's going to be called Bros, is set to be released this year by Universal Pictures starring Billy Eichner. So you've got something to look forward to, Theo. (laughs) (laughs) Yay! I can't wait. I can't wait. Um, You know, so... It is so. All right. What, what am I going to say? I'm waiting for the words to come out of my mouth too. Uh-huh. Um, there is this thing about representation. I personally don't care about watching a lot of gay anything. Right. right. I I don't right. need it. I'm perfectly fine. It's cool. Um, and but also I recognize that like I'm a gay white person and there's probably just enough representation for me out there anyway that I don't have to seek it out. Um, I was taking a course called Black Queer Literature and Film and I was probably one of three white people in the room of 40 and um, one day early on in the course all the, I'll say kids because, you know, they were 20, 21, they were all talking about this uh, series on Netflix called Chewing Gum. And now they were all people of color, right? Okay. And largely queer, some version, some flavor of some something, right? Okay. And so cool. And, you know, I I had to, I felt I had to keep reminding everybody that I was gay, even though I look like a white old straight <laughs> guy who probably would be disapproving of you, right? <laughs> like, no, I'm, I'm one of you too. I'm a good guy. Florida. Yeah. I mean... I, yeah. I was gay before you were born. Well, before you were born. <laughs> so, um, yeah, yeah, cool. So they're all talking about the series and they're talking about this one character. And I was like, oh, well, all right, I'll give it a watch. And yeah. so I got home and found Chewing Gum on Netflix and it's a British series. And so I was like, oh, all right, cool. This is okay. Um, we watch a lot of British TV in our house and fine. And uh, yeah, the the black character... It was the guy they were talking about uh, in this, the black gay character, because the, right. the series focuses on um, a black girl in London, right? Okay. So uh, there's a black gay character who had maybe, maybe 30 seconds. Yeah. But he was the character that all the kids in the and room were talking about. They talk about. Right? Wow. And, and they had such a backstory for him. And basically, they just dissected the whole 30 seconds of his screen time uh-huh. and, and built like a 
10 minute conversation out of it. Wow. Um, and so I thought he was going to be a major component. A major and so character. when yeah. series one ended, I was like, um, okay, wow. Mm. But it occurred to me even then that that's a hunger for representation. They right. weren't seeing black queer people reflected in films that they could relate to. Um, right. And here was one that was a much closer version to reality than they had seen before. And so that was the the gravitational force that, that brought them in. And so this idea that, that Zola's commercial featuring two brides kissing at the altar and, and they had maybe a total of like three seconds in the yeah. one minute uh, commercial. Yeah. Um, erasing that. Of course they pulled the whole commercial down, but um, right. you know, the, it is that thing of like, Representation's important, however you get it, when it's fair and accurate representation. Um, and so that's what Hallmark Channel was erasing when they took the commercials down. At, um, you know, you guys, you, you, you didn't just get those commercials blindly from Zola. Right, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's all disingenuous. They knew what they were doing. Yeah. Um, it's too bad that the rom-com that's coming out now with Universal Studios or Universal Pictures is um, just white guys. I don't know yeah. if they're going to have a best friend who's black or not, but maybe. I, I'll share that one of the things that I took from that course was, um, oh, and I'm going to forget his name. There was a black poet. Sorry, I've forgotten his name, but it's been like seven years, um, who, who said that real equality won't happen until black queer people are given the same treatment that white gay guys receive in the media. Sure. Right. Um, and, and so, yeah. Um, fair. Yeah. Yeah. So you say, um, that's not fair. Yeah. Let's look at the apology. We, we, I don't want to read it again, but um, we had an apology from Crown Media, um, which was um, I, not written, but signed at least by Mike Perry, uh, President and CEO of Hallmark Cards. And I think um, overall, let's see, what do I give this apology? Was it, they did, he did express regret. Uh, he said that the decision was wrong. Um, they did not explain what went wrong. So they, they did not, as you were just alluding to, um, make any kind of attempt to understand what happened. Like, why did we, why did we say, Oh, we're not going to deal with this. We're, we're, we're just here to entertain you. We're not going to try to be socially politically correct or whatever they might've said. Um, so I think they, they fell short in that area. The explanation of what went wrong. They did acknowledge responsibility. They said they were sorry. Um, they did say that they would continue to look for ways to be more inclusive and celebrate our differences. Um, and I, I don't think they actually apologized, though. Looking back on it, there's no actual sorry. So I'm going to give this one, I'm going to give it a five. Okay. All right. Um, I'm going to say I'm right there with you. I feel like the apology itself is a little weak. Um, and I had not noticed that they didn't say, um, oh, well, he said, we're truly sorry for the hurt oh. and disappointment this has caused. So uh -oh. that's not really an apology. Yeah, it's 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 not. Um, 
And I feel, I mean, the whole thing's disingenuous to me, mm -hmm. right? Our mission is rooted in helping people connect, celebrate traditions, and be inspired. Yeah, absolutely, it is. Uh, but it's it's a particular segment of society. And I get it. It can't be all things to all people. Um, right. And so, so, okay, but at the same time, how many bakeries are there in America yeah. that you're going to be featuring in your Christmas specials? Um, yeah, so I, I'll give it a 4.5. Um, I like what they did to correct it because it is taking a risk to say, well, if you thought that commercial was offensive, wait until we put out a one and a half hour Christmas movie featuring two guys. <laughs> right. So, yeah, if if three seconds of gay bothered you, wait. To, how many seconds are there in 90 minutes? A bunch. Five thousand four hundred. Yep. Maybe. <laughs> Sounds good to me. <laughs> I, I did some math there. I could find out if it's true, but mm, it's more fun to guess. Seven thousand seconds. Um, so so the correction I'm liking. Otherwise, I'd be like, eh, this is a two. Yeah, the correction definitely makes it better. Yeah, it? it's a shame the movies weren't very good. I don't think they've ever aired them since. Did you see them? No, I think I tried to watch like 30 uh, seconds of it. It was like, oh, God, already yeah. no. I don't yeah. care. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I haven't seen them either, but my gut feeling is that they probably use several gay stereotypes in well, there. I think movies. it's just like, yeah, you could look at the guy and be like, oh, yep, you're the white, attractive attorney. Yeah, uh -huh. gotcha. Uh huh. Yep, I know exactly who you yeah. are. Yeah. So, so, so I'm not sure it was such a fantastic thing they did by having gay movies if they're going to just use gay stereotypes. But, but I don't know. It's a, it's a, it's a step. It's it's a step. It's a step. And and I will also say this: in researching this, uh, I took the easy way out at first, and I always uh -huh. I shouldn't say always. I'll go to podcast <laughs> right. So whatever our topic is, I'm like. I'm going to research for the show, but I also have all this dusting to do. Hmm. How could, oh, <laughs> podcast. I could listen and dust. And so I Googled, didn't Google. I searched yeah. um, for Hallmark lesbians, right? Yeah. And bang, got a hit right off. It was some wow. show called something like The Seth Show. And okay. they, you know, and they were like, we're going to talk about the Hallmark lesbian situation. And I was like, all oh, right, cool. I'll cool. give it a listen because maybe there'll be some great deep information in here that I can bring to the pod. Um, and it's these two guys, basically it's a lot of talk about rock and roll and they sound like, like grunge slash stoner dudes, but they also talk a lot about having interviewed uh, the red hot chili peppers at least in this okay. one episode. So music journalists of some sort, I, I don't know. They're probably super famous. But it was a lot of like, dude, fuck, man. Wow, <laughs> fuck. Oh, God, no. man. Um, and cool. Right there with you, bro. Um, <laughs> but th so they talked about the Hallmark thing, which was all of 10 seconds. So it was a real cheat, oh, right? They uh -huh. bump up that uh, those clicks by using the word lesbian, which is what we're going to try. Um, yeah. And so they were, it was... What was striking to me was their acceptance of the the lesbian brides in a very normal way. I was told, given who they were, given all the yeah. like, dude, oh, wow, man. Um, 
I was expecting like, yeah, hot chicks, man, getting married to each other. Sexy. Could you imagine that wedding night? You know, that sort of thing. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And not at all. Um, they were like, yeah, man, love is love, dude. Come on. <laughs> and, and that was sort of it. Aww, but, you know, cute. back in my day when we were wearing onions on our belt, the conversation yeah. would have been, yeah, there's nothing wrong with two chicks getting yeah, it on. Right. And that would have quickly bounced to, you know, Born. but gay guys suck. Right. Well, right. hi. Um, so none of that happened at all. And I was That's like, great. wow, I am, I'm the horrible person because I was totally expecting me. I'm the horrible person because I'm expecting them <laughs> to be assholes and they weren't. And even when they were like done and they were being supportive, I was like, give it another 15 seconds because somewhere in here there's going to be something about. And nope, yeah. didn't happen. That's great. And so uh, couldn't be more surprised. Very pleased. Excellent. Yeah. And also really disappointed because there weren't any like Nothing juicy to get bits. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, I need information that's not in the New York Times to bring to the pod. Um, and they didn't give yeah. it to me. <laughs> well, that's good. Um, that's an interesting podcast, I guess. Um, I'm glad they were, they were good about it. Um, I'm surprised too. Uh, uh, yeah. And I would say... I listened to the podcast again. If you like the Red Hot Chili Peppers, they, they uh, had a lot to say about it. Um, like an hour and a half, really. Damn. And you listened to the whole thing, waiting for the lesbians to come up? No, I, I fast-forwarded through a lot, because I swear okay. it was it was a lot of, dude, man, huh? And it's like, I, hi, that was my life from when I was like 17 to 19. I totally, I don't need to revisit it. Um, yeah, so, sucks for... Uh, Sucks for Hallmark Channel that we're giving them a <laughs> low rating on their apology. Yeah. Um, oh well. But I am also. What did you? What is your rating? You never said. Oh, uh, didn't I say four point five? No, but okay, cool. Oh, maybe 4. You, 5. Maybe you tuned me out. Maybe I might have. You it's were possible. thinking about your trip to Italy. <laughs> like, it's not impossible. I'm just waiting for him to stop talking so I can get this <laughs> so I can word say in something. here. Yes. <laughs> Uh, well, I do have a little bit to share about why I think what happened happened. Okay. So it's kind of like, well, why did the Hallmark Channel react so quickly to one million moms who in 2019, everybody knew is basically just a woman named Monica Cole, who oh. is their PR agent, their spokesperson, the director, the president, oh. right? Uh, she's got 4,000 Twitter followers. I almost said Twitter. Oh my God, really? Twitter. Twitter. Twitter <laughs> followers. Um, and that she's part of the American Family Association. Um, and so it's kind of like, uh, and then all the faux outrage. And basically she's often to be seen in uh, controversies such as the great Burger King controversy where someone said damn this whopper's good oh my god really you're swearing you <laughs> said the d word this was a thing this is not me being snarky unbelievable she a whole thing against burger king uh there was something else where was it chipotle used like rupaul drag star to and and she had a thing about that right so yeah. it's not surprising that that one million yeah. moms showed up here um, and cool for her um, getting the attention that that she wants and needs 
But our friend who decided to pull the commercial is a guy named Bill Abbott, and he was CEO of the Hallmark Channel. Okay. Right? Okay. Uh, prior to that, he had 25 years in family TV, oh. ranging from uh, the Family Channel, which started okay. in 1988, and then up through Fox Family and Fox Kids. Uh, and he was always in advertising and always uh-huh. like senior vice president of advertising, right? So mm-hmm. the guy gets advertising. Mm-hmm. Um, he is a graduate. I was like, you know, when, whenever this bullshit happens, all you have to do is look at the decision maker and then just wait. Just wait because it's going to come out. And I found it. So um, he's a graduate from College of the Holy Cross. Oh, yeah. Okay, so cool. Got it. Hi, I see you. You're Catholic. Understood. You're religious. Okay, great. Family TV. Got it. And then when One Million Wom speaks, you're supportive of their viewpoint of how the world should function. And he probably did not vet himself these commercials. Why would he? He's the vice president, right? So um, Abbott in an interview with The Hollywood Reporter, answered some criticism around the Hallmark channels being the whitest Christmas channel of all white Christmases. Mm-hmm. Um, and so before before I start making fun of him, because I will do that, um, I do want to point out that when he joined the Hallmark channel, the channel's annual advertising was $10.2 million. He raised that to $223 million. Wow. TV Week credited Abbott as one of the smartest yet unsung ad sales executives in the TV business. He became uh, CEO in 2009, thanks to his savvy advertising sales mm-hmm. skills. Mm-hmm. And he left in January of 2020, just a few weeks after this controversy broke. Uh. So, all right. Um, while Abbott, this is straight from The Hollywood Reporter, um, while Abbott had seen overseeing tremendous growth for the Hallmark Channel during his run with Crown Media, the cabler has been criticized for its lack of diversity. During the recent holiday season, so good, the network made a big to-do about adding two Jewish holiday movies to its mix. Though both (laughs) of the time, I know, right? It's like, you already know it's going to go straight (laughs) to bad town. But this train, it's on the tracks and it's moving and our next stop is Bad Town. Um, a big to-do about adding two Jewish holiday movies to its mix, though both of the titles featured a Jewish character being interwoven into a Christmas movie and not so much a mention or indication of Hanukkah in their respective titles. Hallmark Gee. Channel's, um, you know, um, Love Dreidel just doesn't have the same kind of <laughs> up to it as Love Gingerbread, right? Right. And everybody knows that Jewish people don't have bakeries. Or love. Like, right, or love. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So let's see here. Um, lack of diversity, casting diversity on the screen. And Bill Abbott says, I think that generalization isn't fair either, that we just have Christmases, Christmas with white leads. In terms of broadening out the demographic, it's something we're always thinking about. We're always considering, and we'll continue oh. to make... Right, we're always thinking about it. We're never yeah. doing anything, <laughs> but we're thinking about it. Yeah. We're always considering, and we'll continue the movies where the best scripts are delivered to us, and what we think has 
and what we think um, have the most potential, which are movies about white people who own bakeries or Christmas yeah, tree farms or hotels. All, yeah. Yes. Yeah. It, it's always something like that. Um, he goes on to say, I think Christmas has become almost a secular type of holiday more than Hanukkah, which really does have more of a religious feel. So there you go, Jews, you're more religious. Um, I think Hanukkah, from a religious point of view, is not necessarily as commercial and not necessarily as much about gift giving. And it's really about what those eight nights signify from the religious point of view. I mean, yeah, that's okay. right. Yeah. True. And your point, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but therefore, we can't make a movie about it. That's right. We can't have any Jews in our movies. But, but, well, I mean, what are you going to do with something that happens for eight nights where everybody's <laughs> home and spending time together as a family? All right. Uh, so I'm not ruling it out as something we would not do, but huh. this is kind of our first foray into this type. You've been around since when? This yeah. type of double holiday. Hold on. Okay. What? I know. This is so good. I can't stop. So... I'll be Bill now. So I'm not ruling it out as something we would not do, but this is kind of our first foray into this type of double holiday mix with a lot of Hanukkah in both movies and a lot of celebration of how those nights are celebrated and experienced by those who practice the religion. This is a lot of words. I was just going to say, Jesus Christ, what? Right. Well, you can't say Jesus Christ. (laughs) We'll get Um, the million moms after us. I wish, please, lady. (laughs) Any fucking day, I'm ready for you. Um, Hallmark, of course, makes its own content now. And so um, typically the push for inclusive programming starts with executive. This is the Hollywood reporter explaining to non-industry people kind of like how scripts are called and vetted and how, how, not production, but uh, content is decided. So... Typically, the push for inclusive programming starts with executives who put out a mandate that they're looking for specific types of content, i.e. stories about non-white families or shows with black leads. Bill responds, We are always encouraging people to bring us stories across the board, and it's not always that simple a process where you put the word out and you get back three great scripts and three great stories. We put the word out that we're doing an original series and we get 50 bad stories. Because it feature black people. So it's not as easy as I think you're making it sound. And it's certainly something that we do not discuss consistently. It's certainly something that we do discuss consistently with our team and with our talent and with our agencies. I'm putting words in there that aren't there. So he's arguing that, yeah, we are doing this. And it's like, mm-hmm. well, here we are two years later talking about how oh, you're not doing it. Yeah. Um, he goes on. He digs his grave just a little deeper. The reality is when you produce as much content as we do, which is 100 movies a year, five original primetime series, a daytime lifestyle show that's two hours a day, 52 weeks a year, basically live to tape, and countless specials, there's only so much time in the day. Um, you're, okay. You're producing a shit ton of content. I, I'm hearing like you're doing 100 movies a year, right? Right. That How's the... How's that your excuse for not doing more with people of color? Um, right. uh, let's see. Uh, he said when asked about how much he's asked the creative community for more inclusion in the holiday scripts, right? So, blah. Um, 
And while we want to put on and we believe that we do create content that is beloved really throughout the country, it's not always the easiest process to make every situation fit the mold for every individual who wants to work with us or wants to watch a certain segment of the audience on our channel. I have no idea what he just said there other than um, they're trying to criticize them yeah. and it's harder than you're making it seem. And yeah. have you met black people? I think is what he didn't finish a sentence with. Right. Yes. Right. Right. So. And that was who? That was Bill. What's his name? Bill Abbott. Um, yeah. That no was him he resigned. While he was CEO. <laughs> 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 not, not even after. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I, I'll just say like, um, yeah, Bill, your 1950s is showing. Yeah, that was, that was pretty, a pretty bad statement. So I'm glad he's gone. And I'm glad Hallmark has continued to try a little bit to make better movies or movies including more people, if not um, yeah, and, you know, authentic movies. I, you know, it's just, it is, again, that thing of you have a channel that's dedicated to white people and you have an audience that wants to see this content. And so it sort yeah. of, for me, falls in line with this Joe Rogan stuff, right? Which is... If there's an audience for it and a way to make money, then that's what you're doing. Um, right, someone's going to do it. Right. right? And, Unless they're stopped. And so don't apologize for it and don't, or I mean, you know, do. I don't live in that in that world where I like inclusivity. I, mm -hmm. I don't like it when it's forced. I like it mm -hmm. when it happens in real life. And there's plenty of content out there that manages to do that. Um, so... Yeah, it's just, you know, just say that you're the Wonder Bread White channel for people who enjoy that sort of... And there are plenty of people of color who enjoy those movies as well. They're sweet and they're easygoing. I mean, if that's the way they want to go, then they should do that, but they should be prepared for GLAD and others to come down on them about it and respond to that and perhaps make less money as a result. So yeah, I, that's the decision they make. I don't know. I just realized the, the point I'm arguing is actually antithetical to my stance but it's like <laughs> i was wondering how you got there yeah well i got there because i'm thinking about the money right right and it's like well they probably have put up a couple of movies about people of color in order to answer the criticism and it's not that no but there's money there too color. well the, right but but and here's well what am i going to say next i'm i'm afraid but there are those channels there's broadcasters that specialize in in that content right and so that's where you go um i'll point to bet um i'll point to logo the gay channel right and it's like if you want to watch something that gets who you are it does it right then you know where to go for it and that place is probably not the hallmark channel um, but but should it be the Hallmark Channel? Should the Hallmark Channel be um, including authentic representations of, say, black people in their movies? I mean, why shouldn't they? I agree. They should. Right. I think the why they don't is that when they do, they see a dip in their ratings because their Maybe. audience isn't that, interested. Though. No, we don't know that. But we're going to say that that is exactly what happens. <laughs> and And even... Even if they did see a temporary dip in their ratings, I bet in the long term, if they became known as being more inclusive, their ratings would overall go up because their audience would be larger. 
I wonder if the Hallmark Channel is just kind of kind of the Republican Party, and yeah. and they don't realize just exactly how extreme their audience is. Maybe I bet they do. I mean, I, I don't know how you would not know if you've got any kind of marketers and um, any any people on your staff that are worth their time, they're worth their their salary. Then you would know what your audience is. But. I'm sure they know, but then it's like, do they know and just ignore it? Or it'd be fun to get a job at the Hallmark Channel and then like sit in those out. rooms and see if they're like, okay, you know, these old white biddies are just going to want to see another bakery special. Or if they just like go in there and they're like, you guys, my sister has the best story. Her friend's mom who owns this bakery. <laughs> we have to make a movie about it. I wonder what their demographics are, their their audience or their, their market. I don't know. I will tell you, I know okay. one list. Well, I don't know their demographics. Or their oh, market. you don't know. Yeah, no, no, no. But I know, watch them. I know one lesbian mom who watches the Hallmark Channel and has mm. a sweatshirt that says Hallmark Channel on it. Because she bought it because she wow. loves the Hallmark Channel so much. Wow. Um, and, and she watches the channel with her daughters. Now, she is religious. She's she's nice religious in my viewpoint because uh, she's my friend. Um, but, you know, she she is religious. And yeah. so the Hallmark Channel does offer that sort of inoffensive, you know you're not going to have to deal with some big giant issue, which I guess maybe is the whole gay thing now that i think about it like mommy why are those two women kissing each other Um, (laughs) mm. yeah but she's a lesbian i think they know what that's about well thanks to the internet they do (laughs) (laughs) yeah um yeah oh i don't know like i don't know either it yeah well it's my it's my conservative upbringing that dressed itself up as liberal because in my Mother's town, my family was considered pretty liberal. Yeah, you know, but no, no, that uh. that was just there. Um, uh. So, so yeah, I don't know. It's weird. It's like there are there are spaces that belong to only certain groups, and and maybe. The Hallmark Channel is just that space that belongs exclusively to bakers. Um, hmm. I I mean maybe, and then and then I don't know. Like okay, so I'm going to try and draw an analogy because I really have to puzzle this out now. Um, okay. The HGTV, way 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 back in the day, um, would never do shows about uh, a gay couple. There plenty of Gay people who were roommates buying a house together, uh, right? Uh, okay, and that was always the storyline. And you know, and then and then they did, and now it's just like a very normal thing. If you watch any special, you might special. Sorry, if you watch any HGTV show, you might uh-huh. see a gay person. So I loved past tense HGTV because it was this inoffensive wallpaper and. Also, at the same time, I got tips off of it and I enjoyed it and it was, you know, it was fun. And so I watched a lot of it. And then after a while watching like the same show, you start to like this, these two hosts never have gay people, right? Mm -hmm. And so there was this couple called, uh, called, who were named Chip and Johanna Gaines. And 
they had a show and I love their show and I love their design and I love them as host and, and I enjoy, and I would watch it. No problem. Mm -hmm. And then this story came out about how, um, well, they belong to a pretty conservative religious group and it's anti-gay and they were asked, uh, because they were big stars on HGTV, they were asked their opinion about gay marriage and noticeable lack of gay people on their show. And they basically said something like, we believe that everybody uh, should be able to lovingly disagree with each other. Uh. Right. And so, and and that was her stance. And Uh then, then there was a lot of like, uh, angry gay people or HGTV, you have to get rid of these, these people. And HGTV did not, they kept them right. And their show was on all the time. Money generator, just all the ad dollars came in. Yeah. And I quit watching it, uh, being the entire channel, uh, because, well, they're going to side with Chip and Joanna and, you know, cool. That's a decision you're allowed to make. And it was, let's say a good 10 years, I've just now started returning to HGTV because mm-hmm. Chip and Johanna are off of the main channel. They now have their own network thing happening under oh, HGTV. Wow. So, I mean, they're still affiliated and all that, but I don't have to see them and and cool. And, you know, it was that thing of like, well, this is, this is not my space. I thought it was because there was so much inclusion happening. But the network is now choosing to support somebody who differs with with my view of civil rights, right? Someone who hates gays, um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, religious views, fine, sure, have them. I, I'm not going to argue that with you. But, you know, the secular world, the law is the law. You can't argue with it. Um, I mean, you can. Um, uh, yeah, and then it gets dicey. I'm making this way bigger than it than it needs to be. But I guess it's that... Growing up as other, I recognize that there are some that some spaces are just for some people, and and sometimes that's stated overtly, and sometimes it's implied. And where things get a little mushy is when a space that's pretending to be for everybody suddenly finds itself under the spotlight of you're not really for everybody. Um, you know, mm-hmm. wholesomeness and, and love, those are nice feelings and everybody can enjoy them. Um, and, you know, the fact that your wholesomeness and love is coming from white people pretty much exclusively is fine because I can dip into, uh, you know, hetero, cisgender, white, normative, blah, blah, blah movie and feel good. Um, right. But, but a Hallmark Channel will not be my living room wallpaper, you know. Forever, right. right. So, so I, yeah. That's a tough question. I mean, should, should all groups be Inclusive. expected to include everybody? And I think the answer is yes, but that's just my opinion. And I think your answer is no. And that's, that's fine. Well, I don't know if it's, I think my answer isn't no. I think everybody, I think it should. Right. But I also recognize the fact that it's not. And, and rather than be, angry about it each and every time it's just sort of like well i mean really it's not 90 percent of the world is built you know um i remember when there was a hotel in downtown la staples was it, no that wasn't it standard standard hotel yeah um, yeah and their rooftop pool bar area had uh one had bathrooms yeah of course 
right? Uh, <laughs> that were genderless. So okay. you just, you walked into, you walk into the bathroom. bathroom and right. there are all the stalls and there are the sinks and, sure. and just everybody have at it. Right. And I was like, this is great. I actually feel really European right now. <laughs> right. Like it doesn't matter who's in the bathroom right. or who's washing their hands. It's so, I, I really enjoyed it. Well, gross. I didn't really enjoy it. (laughs) (laughs) But I I loved it. I felt so liberal and so, Uh you know, so progressive and and all those great things. Um, But, you know, then there'll be those people that will say, well, the ladies room is just for the ladies. And and that's that. Um, And fair enough. Right. Um, and so whatever I think all bathrooms should be single use um, not single use but single person like spe- separated so anyone can use it and have privacy but that's a little expensive from a building construction standpoint so yes. that's just my opinion can you but imagine a football there should be stadium like eight bathrooms yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, uh. yeah so I, I mean I'll, obviously I agree with you I think that there should be much more, uh, more. There should be more spaces that allow for more inclusion, and we're yeah. getting there in fits and starts. Um, right. And exactly. The issue is, again, these places that are pretending they are inclusive, when in fact they're not really. And you know, and maybe you want to be, but your audience doesn't want you to be, or the audience mm-hmm. doesn't respond well to. Uh, inclusion or, or, you know, and or whatever, right? I shouldn't say response well to inclusion. And maybe Hallmark Channel, you just haven't produced a movie that's as good about people of color as you have about your white bakers. Um, I don't know. And hire some people from BET. white baker movies are so good. Well, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to say, they, it's just, it's, they're sweet and they're watchable and uh-huh. and it's the same thing again and again and again and i'll watch like one hallmark movie a year now kind of at this point yeah. um and it helps if i'm sick and i have a cold and i'm on the couch because uh, then it just feel so much nicer <laughs> yeah i don't know i feel well, bad now well, so let's change the subject and ask you if you have a <laughs> if you have a who's sorry now or an apology is expected I have a who's sorry now, and okay, it's a good. future apology that I may be making. So I have a cousin who is wonderful, and I love her. Her son is getting married in May, and I may not be here. And she has invited me to the wedding, um, got the official invitation. So, you know, it's like a real invitation. A it real wasn't wedding. even like a, hey, if you want to come, you can. Yeah. Right. Um, so cool. And I may not be able to go. And she mentioned to me that it would mean a lot to her if I went because nobody else from the family will be going for a variety of reasons that have nothing to do with politics this one time. Right. Has to do with health and age and and availability and everybody's got a good reason. Well, I, I may be gone. I don't know. So I'm delaying my reply. And I don't want to tell her yet that like, I don't know if I'm going to be here because I might be here. And so I don't want to I don't want to even give the shadow of disappointment yet. Right. Um, but I'm going to have to 
You're going to have to make your travel plans so that you'll know whether you're going to be there or not. Yes. And I'm, yes. Yes. And, <laughs> and maybe I could make the travel plans so that I can attend the wedding. That's possible. Um, it is. So the other thing, I hate weddings. Uh, who doesn't? They're the worst. They are the worst. Um, and so it's probably more that than it's like, I might be out of the country. Um, so, so my apology right now is for not making a decision. <laughs> okay. Well, if you wait long enough, it'll be made for you. See, that's usually how I operate. <laughs> I don't want to decide. I don't know. Now you can't go. Okay. What about you? Who's sorry now? Apologies expected. I have an apology expected and it's Renee Zellweger. And I think she's going to apologize because she's going to be in a movie coming up called The Thing About Pam in which she wears a fat suit. This is a, actually a TV show. Sorry. A TV show that will start in March of this year. Uh, and she's going to play a convicted murderer serving a life sentence. Um, so the question is why... Did they hire someone to wear a fat suit and not an actual fat person? The um, There's a woman named Rosie Blair who's a podcast host, and she told Cosmopolitan UK, There are so few roles available to actors in larger bodies, it's truly insulting to see any successful working actor put on a costume to resemble the bodies Hollywood won't employ. There are so many juicy, nuanced roles available to thin actors. How dare they take roles explicitly written as fat? So I think Renee Zellweger is going to apologize, but perhaps not, perhaps disingenuously, but I think she'll probably apologize. I'm sorry I'm not fat, or I... Yeah, I'm sorry that I took a, a role from a fat person uh, and had to wear a fat suit in order to portray this, this, this role when somebody who was actually fat, an actor who was actually fat, could perhaps have been given the job. Yeah, I, so. I could see that. And I'd say that's even an argument that that I agree with there are those hollywood arguments where it's like you hired a straight person to play a transgender person or a gay person right, right. um right. and i'm always very much like well it is acting you guys and and we do say that like well gay people can play straight and so if that's going to be our stance we have to allow for straight people to play gay uh-huh so yeah so you're I, disagreeing i well that's, I agree with this one, though, right? Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> and, and why? Um, I mean, on one hand, you know, yeah, you could argue, well, she can act and actors wear costumes. And so, right. all right, cool. But I think there is a very valid point that there are a lot of talented, heavy set. Um, I like the term Zoftig. Uh, yeah. Uh, actors out there who could do just as good a job as Renee Zellweger and so maybe right so yeah yeah uh, but it's that Hollywood thing so we'll We're, see if there's an apology coming up if there is I will let everybody know well, Renee will let everybody know but Renee will let everybody know yes yeah. for sure uh, yeah so I think uh that wraps up pretty much everything we've got to say on our topics today. Unless you've got anything to add, Theo. Not a thing. No. Okay. Yeah. Well, then thanks, everybody, for uh, coming coming by, <laughs> visiting with us. <laughs> Thank you for coming to our lesbian wedding today. Our bakery. Oh, um, that would have been better. Yeah, I should have said that. <laughs> and we will see you next week. Bye. Bye.